Shagnon, your Director of Sports Information here at King's College, and this is Episode 2 of the Leo's House Party Podcast, and thanks for tuning in again today. We had such a great response last week, and we're really excited to bring you Episode 2 here today, and we've got a lot to talk to. We talked to three amazing guests, and we'll get to them a little bit later, and we'll introduce them a little bit later, but you know, wanted to talk a little bit about sports and the landscape that is right now, and a few topics that we'll get to, about four or five today, um, but we just really wanted to get started uh, by talking about our three guests, and there are three new head coaches here at King's College, and that is new women's ice hockey head coach, Jordan Ott, she'll be joining us first, followed by Josh Rosa, who's the new uh, King's wrestling coach, and we're really excited to have both of them, and then Tom Saravalli, our new head uh, men's ice hockey coach, so two ice hockey coach, we'll talk a little puck today along with uh, getting onto the mat with Josh Russo. So we're super excited to talk to those three. Fantastic interviews, all three of them. Young, exciting coaches, people that really want to make their mark here at King's College, and people that are going to do great things. So we're excited to talk to both of them. But before we get started, i got some topics in sports I wanted to just bring up and talk about and things that people might be interested in. The first thing that I really was interested in, and it was last week with the restart of uh, the WNBA, was how amazingly well uh, the coverage was on ESPN and how the ratings were up amazingly well. I think it was 65% over what uh, was last year in 2019. And you know, a lot of it has to do with the the uh, the addition of some you know college stars to the game. Sabrina Inescu being the the number one person, of course. Uh, didn't have a great first game, but really exploded in her second game before her unfortunate injury. Um, but played really, really well in that second game, 37-7. and seven. Um, But the one thing I thought was really interesting and I wanted to kind of comment on today was uh, just the phenomenon that was the orange hoodie in the beginning of the WNBA tip-off. Uh, lots of um, celebrities, former sports uh, stars, current sports stars were rocking that WNBA orange hoodie, which was sold out. You really couldn't get it anywhere. I mean, I looked it online. It's you know $50 online to get it. To get it and it's still really hard and it's part of ESPN's you know in it for good WNBA marketing campaign and I mean whoever came up with that fantastic job I mean it was awesome you get those hoodies out to people that are uh, influencers and really made a difference I mean I think you know LeBron James had one on Rebecca Lobo Trey Young Julie Foudy uh, you know Daria Gumbale I mean people that you would know in the sports game were wearing them um, and it was really interesting to see just how the phenomenon, just how the support for the WNBA, which is an amazing product. If you haven't had a chance to watch a WNBA game, you really should if you're a basketball fan. The ball movement is phenomenal. Uh, the players are great. Uh, the fundamentals are phenomenal. Uh, the athleticism is insanely good. So if you get a chance, definitely go and watch a WNBA game sooner rather than later, and you'd be surprised on how amazing it, it is. And or maybe you won't be. You should. You shouldn't be. It's it's great basketball. It's highest level uh, for the women's game. And uh, you know, with the NBA making its return in the bubble, the the women's game also in a bubble, um, and they're both uh, thriving right now as you watch it. But that orange hoodie, top selling item on Fanatics uh, for over a week. I mean, it's not, you know, like it says, it's not rocket science. It's just exposure. Get it out to the people that are followed on social media, and they, it makes a splash. And, of course, 
um, you know, that gets it out there. But so kind of interesting. I thought something I saw that was interesting. So if you're interested in getting that orange hoodie, if you've seen it online, it's $59.99 on Fanatics. You can uh, get it on uh, Amazon, I think, as well. Uh, so sign on and pick one of those up uh, and uh, you know I think they said it was over 623 million uh, potential impressions with uh, over on Twitter and Instagram so pretty crazy that's that's a lot of eyeballs um, seeing your logo so kudos to the WNBA for for that marketing uh, plan and, and it's obviously paying on views and eyeballs on their product so uh, great job there um, uh, another thing that I'll get to in between our interviews, uh, but I want to preface now is uh, the NCAA for Division Three released uh, released a college-bound student-athlete guide for the 2021 season, and there are some phenomenal things in there, and we'll we'll get to it a little bit uh, after this interview with uh, Jordan Knott, uh, but. It, I'll kind of get the top points of it, but if you have not seen it and you're a student athlete looking to come to school this year, not only at Kings, but anywhere you may be going at the Division Three level, um, I highly suggest reading it. I mean, it really has some good things on the return to play, uh, the coming to college, and a lot of other things. So, but, but, but before we get to that, I'd love to send it over now to Jordan Knott, our new head women's ice hockey coach. Uh, Great interview. I mean, just full of energy. Someone that I think is gonna, you know, take off and really take the level, uh, take the the program to the next level. She was just super sharp and was fun to talk to. Um, and I think you guys will really, really enjoy this interview. So, without further ado, we'll send it on over to the head women's coach here at uh, King's College, Jordan Knott. Well, we have a wonderful guest today, um, someone that all of our uh, hockey fans at King should be getting used to hearing from here soon. She's the third head coach now in King's women's ice hockey history, uh, native of Rochester, New York. She was the USCHO National Division Three Rookie of the Year back in 2014 at her alma mater of SUNY Potsdam. She's the all-time program leader in, at Potsdam in goals, points, points per game, goals per game. Uh, she also played professionally for the Buffalo Buttes of the National Women's Ice Hockey League back in 2017-18. It's our pleasure to welcome to the Leo's House Party podcast, the new women's ice hockey coach at King's College, Jordan Ott. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you. And um, Jordan, you know, I guess, first of all, you know, I just want to ask you about the news that just came down last week. Um, and I'm, I've been asking a bunch of people that question, um, you know, with the fall semester being postponed for you all, and it being your first semester here at Kings, you know, how was the conversation that you had with your team and, and kind of where do you go from here with, uh, with you and your program? Yeah, I think the hardest part is a little bit just the unknown of everything. I think that's the biggest question is a lot of the times people have questions and our answer still is, uh, I, don't, I don't know, or we're not sure yet. Um, I think that everyone's doing their very best to make sure that we're going to have the best outcome and the best experience for all the student athletes. But a lot of what we're hearing still is it's in the process of being worked through. And I know that the coaches in the UCHC, especially the women's side, have been in very close communication, um, trying to figure out just exactly how we're going to go about things when things reopen and when we're able to do things. But um, I know talking to my girls, we're trying to set up a Zoom call to make sure that we're all on the same page. But at the same time, we're trying to collect as much information before we make any real decisions or real announcements. Yeah, that's really the the right way to go about it right now. I mean, there's so many unknowns you're talking about. Um, so I guess, you know, when you come to Kings after coaching both hockey and softball at your alma mater of SUNY Potsdam, uh, you know, what's something that excites you about being here in Wilkes-Barre? 
Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that excites me is my opportunity to get back into the hockey world. Um, I kind of stuck with softball a little bit more just because of where my road kind of led me, but I'm very excited to get back into the hockey world. Um, It's definitely the thing that I love the most. So I'm really excited for that aspect of it. And I think um, with the program being so new, I think there's a lot of positive momentum and I can really help to shape and mold the program into a winning culture. So that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, Jordan, you had the opportunity to play a lot of these teams that you'll kind of now coach against. Um, I mean, you were in the Division Three landscape for a long time, and you understand the depth of talent that it comes at this level, especially in the conference, um, or I guess the multiple conferences with the uh, UCHA and the MAC. You know, what's the plan for helping kind of take Kings from, you know, newer program to uh, a team that can really be competitive within those conferences? Yeah, I mean, I think something that I can take from my own playing experience and kind of apply is, I mean, we played teams such as Elmira, who's now in this league, and Plattsburgh was in the league that I played in, and they were ranked one and two in the nation for the majority of the time that I played. Um, And I think in order to be a good player, you have to learn from those around you that are better. So I think that's what I have to do as a coach as well Is I mean, they have fantastic coaching staffs and other coaches around the UCHC and Division Three. I can learn from them. And if we're doing our job right, I mean, if they're running systems that are working for them, we should be emulating those and trying to put those into our game so obviously something's been working for those upper end teams such as Elmira for year in and year out so I think that taking those strategies and learning how to kind of throw it right back at them will be key. You've kind of been uh, you know thrust into this situation you were hired about I guess about a month and a half ago like literally in the midst of all the the coronavirus stuff going on and kind of having to uproot and move here to Wilkes-Barre. Um, you know, have you had a time to, you know, maybe sit down and watch some film, check out your team? Um, you know, how do you think your style fits? You know, we've talked about how um, previously how your style is and how you want to play, but how do you think that fits in with the personnel here at Kings and maybe some of the incoming freshmen you guys might have? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of talking with um, Coach Bryce, who was the interim last year, um, who did a wonderful job recruiting and bringing in a pretty big recruiting class because we're going to be losing so many seniors due to the the first original class finally graduating. Um, so we're going to have a pretty big roster, which I think will help fit um, our needs and things like that as far as having different personnel groupings and being able to put together lines and lineups that will match well with other people. Um, uh, honestly, my younger sister plays at Newman University, mm-hmm. so uh, I got to watch them play live. I went and watched her play against Kings last year. It was an exciting game, um, so learned a little bit there, but still trying to uh, learn everybody's strengths, and hopefully if we're able to get on the ice in October, that will be a really good starting point. Um, I know the girls are eager to get out on the ice, and I know I am too. Yeah, some news with the NCAA last week, uh, you know, switching from from weeks to days might give you guys a little bit more leeway to maybe, you know, ease the, ease the women onto the ice uh, as it becomes safe, even in smaller groups. So hopefully, uh, you know, there's some plan that kind of comes up with that, but uh, definitely would be great. Um, You know, you talked about Bryce um, did a great job last year in that interim role, I think really uh, stepped up to the plate and we're excited to have him, um, you know, back with you this year, you know, so I guess um, I kind of want to take a step back, rewind a bit and, and look at your professional career where you played, um, you know, in Buffalo and, you know, what kind of experience was that like to share the ice with um, some of those other professional women and, you know, players that played it maybe at the higher level, they had an opportunity to play with and, and learn from. Yeah, it was a wonderful experience. Um, It was something that I really didn't see coming. Um, When I was obviously going through my recruiting process, getting ready to play college hockey, the NWHL didn't even exist. So um, I kind of made my decision of where I wanted to go to school, assuming that after my four years, my hockey career was over. Um, 
when I got invited to go to the tryouts, kind of just figured it would be some extra ice time. And I was like, yeah, sure. Give it a shot. Um, and it ended up working out to be a really cool opportunity. Um, it was kind of the year where all of the women who were on the Olympic team weren't around. So it did kind of open a door for a lot of players who might not have normally gotten the opportunity, including myself. Um, but it was great. I mean, some of the players that were on my team were previously Olympians. Other people that I played against were parts of Olympic teams or played division one. And I mean, when they have televised games and or things like that on Twitter that they televised with women's hockey, it was very cool to kind of be able to participate in things like that. Um, so it was a really cool experience and I learned a ton of things that I think will really help me when it comes to coaching. You know, as you start to kind of put your imprint on this program at Kings, um, you know, obviously there's a type of um, young woman that you want to recruit, you know, someone that you really, that will stick out to you. Um, you know, what are some aspects of uh, incoming or I guess recruits or people that you're looking to bring on the program? What are things that you're looking to find in a young woman out there uh, to play hockey here at Kings? Yeah, I mean, I think that every college coach goes to tournaments or whatever game they're recruiting, hoping to find good hockey players. Um, but there's a lot more to the equation that makes you successful at the next level. Um, a lot of the intangibles, things like how you react to failure, how you react to um, your teammates, how do you listen to coaches, your coachability. That's a big one for me is being able to actually take feedback positively and apply it. Um, how are you able to kind of adjust to things like that? Some of the harder things to see while recruiting um, are more of the important things. And I think that in order to have a successful on-ice experience, you have to have that positive base um, under you off the ice. Um, so I think that that's really important as far as recruiting to make sure that you're getting the right people and not necessarily always just the most talented. Yeah, they, I always talk to coaches, they always say body language on the bench is something that is uh, so important to watch and some of the uh, those young athletes don't see, but everyone else sees. So, um, you know, when you're not at the ice or, you know, on the softball diamond, you know, what what's something you do to enjoy or that you enjoy that you just do to shut your mind off? Yeah, um, to be honest with you, I actually just got a, a puppy the past couple months. Um, his name is Stanley. He's part Husky, part Schnauzer, so he's kind of got some whiskers going on. Um, right. but he's really cool. So I enjoy spending time with him. Um, I'm a big movie fanatic, so I haven't exactly not enjoyed the quarantine time. I, I really do enjoy myself a good movie. So those are really what you'll find me doing out, outside with the dog or, or inside watching a movie. So, um, you said you were, you had been watching some movies, any suggestions for our listeners out there? Well, the one recently I just watched was the new Hamilton, the, the live show that they put on Disney plus, which my mom was very keen on seeing so we watched that the other day and that was good so i would definitely shout that one out uh definitely a good suggestion there so i guess the last question for you joanna before we let you go is you know as a young woman in the college athletics coaching landscape um you know a lot of people can look up to you and i think uh it's great to see that women are getting more of an opportunity to be coaches now and and and, you know, rightfully so, I think it's, it's great. And as a, as a role model and a leader, you know, what's some advice you'd give to someone that was maybe in your position earlier, a couple of years ago and on how to get into the coaching profession? Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, the coaching profession wasn't exactly what I was aiming for, but now that I'm in it and, and doing it, it's something that I probably will, will stick with and, and really thoroughly enjoy for the next bit of my life here. Um, I think the biggest thing, obviously, just to young girls in general, um, especially girls who are kind of at that age of getting ready to go to college, and I tell this to every kid that I recruit, is just you have to pick a school that, like, if hockey's taken away, if your sport's taken away, 
will you still enjoy that school? That's like, and as much as sometimes that can hurt you in a recruiting situation, I think it's also an extremely positive way to, to phrase, like you really have to love your education. You have to love your school um, and all the other aspects of it, as well as the sports, as well as the coaches, as well as the team. Um, and as far as getting into coaching, if it's something that you love, which I love hockey and I did not want to give up sports, um, there's so many opportunities out there, whether it be a graduate assistant or an internship or an assistant coach somewhere. Um, so just kind of keep your options open. And if it's something that you want to do, there's tons of places that you can get, put your foot in the door. Well, Jordan, we appreciate you taking some time to talk with us today. Um, you know, we're really excited to see you in action here whenever it, it may be, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. But uh, to our Kings, you know, hockey fans out there, make sure to be on the lookout for Jordan when, uh, whenever we get competition back and going out at Revolution Ice Center. But, you know, we're really excited to have you on board, uh, Jordan, and hopefully uh, we'll see you here soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Hopefully we'll uh, be back on the ice soon. A big thank you to Jordan Knott for joining us here on the Leo's House Party Podcast. Uh, that Kings Women's Ice Hockey program, I think, is really ready to take the next step. And I think Jordan is is the perfect person to be in charge of that program as it uh, starts to step up the ladder in the UCHE and the MAC. So thanks for thanks to Jordan for joining us. And we were so, super excited to have her on and just hear from her about what she thinks is the, you know, the next step for the Kings Women's Ice Hockey program. So Thanks again to her. But before we went to Jordan, we were talking a little bit about this document that the NCAA had released uh, this past week, and it was called the 2020-21 College, or excuse me, Guide for College-Bound Student Athletes. And it isn't exclusive to Division Three, so it, it covers Division One, Two, II, and Three. But there's a lot of pertinent information for the Division Three student athlete. Again, uh, if you're coming to Kings. If you're going somewhere else, if you're transferring in, lots of information. And I think the things that are really, uh, really the biggest use for a King's student athlete that might be coming back uh, is page 26. It's a 36-page document or about 40 pages that talks about anything from what is the NCAA to initial eligibility, international students, homeschool students, uh, recruiting calendars, you know, questions, non-traditional online courses, transcripts, test scores. I mean, literally anything you could probably want to ask a question about, they cover here. And I think the the thing that I noticed, which was of the biggest use, was the Division Three information, obviously, for Kings being a Division Three school. And it, it really references the fact that, you know, Division Three. There are not athletic scholarships, obviously. So, but eighty percent of our the student athletes have received some form of need-based financial aid here at this level. So, if you feel like I'm not getting an athletic scholarship, so this this level might not be, uh, you know, something I want to look at. That's not actually the case. And a lot of times, um, Division three schools end up giving more need-based uh, aid than an athletic scholarship might give at a Division One or two level. So uh, it's it's really good for, uh, you know, re- recruitable student athletes or uh, student athletes pros- prospects to do a lot of uh, research into the level um, and find the best fit for them. Uh, but, you know, some other things I thought were really interesting in this were the sliding scale of, you know, uh, qualifiers, um, how you qualify um, to play, 
um, what's most important, how many, you know, what, what sports uh, seasons start and finish, um, recruiting calendars, and then obviously how um, COVID has kind of adjusted, um, adjusting a lot of those things. So uh, definitely take a peek at that. And the way that you can get to that is to go to the NCAA website at uh, fs.ncaa.org and you can find that on there. Um, and this is good for high school students who are hoping to compete in college sports. Uh, you know, again, not just at the Division three level, but one or two. Um, parents, you know, that have questions, family members that have questions of high school student athletes, high school, you know, guidance counselors, athletic administrators, high school non-scholastic coaches, AAU coaches that might have questions that they want uh, to ask about. Um, for their competing athletes. So it's really a one-stop shop. And I really think that uh, people that are interested in um, playing at this next level should take a peek at this. And and remember, the Division Three is the biggest, it's the biggest uh, division of all three of the NCAA divisions. And there's 438 schools that are currently at the Division Three level. That's more than a hundred, almost more than a hundred, more than the next biggest division. Uh, you know that the enrollments are are very manageable around you know 1800 um, median enrollment here at the division three level uh the class course size obviously um are much smaller um you can get a you know much more personalized experience and as someone that went to division three school um shout out to lynchburg college now the university of lynchburg um, down in lynchburg virginia i can attest to the fact that you really get an opportunity to do a ton on campus. Uh, this is how I got into this field. I was able to step right in and do a lot of the job that I have now, thanks to the experiences that I got on a smaller school, because there was just more of a need for people uh, to do certain things. So um, you'll notice also at Division Three schools, there's more sports. I mean, right now there's, you know, we have 28 here at Kings. On average, there's about 19 per college at the division three level. And that's more than any other, you know, division. And, um, so it's, it's a division that has a lot of diversity, a lot of different schools. You've got schools that are very high academically schools that are very enrollment driven. Um, but you know, they all compete together. And I think that diversity is really, uh, emblematic of our society. You know, you, you know, work and play next to people, uh, that come from different backgrounds and different, um, uh, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds and, and, and you know, race and uh, sexual orientation. And I think, you know, you, that is very, very um, represented at this level. So if you're a student athlete out there looking to, uh, you know, go to college to play sports, you know, Division three is just a, a great option. So take a look at this um, document. Um also, over last week, the NCAA um, approved uh, something kind of interesting, and it was a, a, something that the oversight panel, the playing rules oversight panel, uh, agreed on, was that they would appro uh, approved rules to allow student-athletes in all sports to wear patches on their uniform for commemorative or memorial purposes, as well as to su uh, support social justice issues. Um, the current rules in some sports don't allow patches, obviously, in some sports there just aren't spots to wear patches or certain things like that. Um, but the panel members of the oversight committee uh, reaffirmed and ex expanded on existing rules, which now allow student athletes to place two places, uh, place two places on the uniform, one on the front and one on the back to express support 
and voice their opinions. Obviously, um, with um, all the social injustice going on right now in our country, and uh, you know, it, it's this is a great thing. It really is something amazing by the NCAA to do. Um, they did. It does say that the uniforms need to be, or uh, the patches need to be uniform and identical for those who wear, who choose to wear them, and they can't exceed uh, two and a quarter square inches on uh, the uniform or on your uh, warm ups or whatever you end up wearing. But uh, as long as they are uniform, you can do that. So. Um, the second location on the back of the uniform where the player's name would be if they haven't are allowed uh, names or words intended to celebrate or memorialize people, events, or other causes. Um, so that's something that the uh, oversight panel um, has ruled on and, uh, you know, another great thing that they're doing out there. So thanks to the NCAA Oversight Committee. And we're really trying hard to, to get uh, the leader, um, either Jason Fine, who is the new um, leader of the oversight committee or um, the old president as, or the old uh, director who is uh, Heather Benning uh, on here at some point to just ask her a couple questions about, you know, how they came to a lot of these decisions and, and maybe what's next. Are we going to have championships in the fall? Obviously, they're super busy and they might not ha have those answers, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get one of them on to discuss what might be next uh, at the Division three level. So... Well, I think well, then now would be a good time to send it on over to uh, the new head wrestling coach at Kings College, Josh Rusa, who, uh, man, what a great guy to talk to. He's from the area. He, he went to Crestwood High School up in Mountaintop. Um, so he, he gets this area, and, and I really think, you know, he knows what this program has, has been before, and he's really motivated to get to uh, back to where it was. So we'll go ahead and send it on over to the new head men's wrestling coach here at King's College, Josh Ruza. All right, well, we are super happy to be joined today uh, by a person that King's Monarch fans are going to be very familiar with soon, if they aren't already, since he's uh, from the area. Uh, he's the third head coach in program history uh, for the King's wrestling program. He comes to King's. Uh, comes back to Northeast Pennsylvania after serving as an assistant and co the co-head assistant at uh, Division I Appalachian State. He was also an assistant at the University of Buffalo. Uh, he is a local product, so he went to Crestwood High School where he was 143-18 and 18 as a prep wrestler uh, for the Comets, where uh, then he went to Bloomsburg University. He was an NC qualifier there at 149. Uh, but he's back now in Nepa, and we're really – Glad to have him as the new head coach uh, of the Kings Wrestling Program. Josh Rosa, thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to be back and, and, and see my family and, and get back in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm excited. Well, we're super happy to have you back as well. But, you know, first of all, uh, kind of the thing that everyone's been dealing with, uh, you know, you get the job and then uh, the news comes out that our fall semester has been, you know, pushed back uh, for you all, uh, maybe to the winter uh, for 21 and hopefully then, but you know, how has it been so far kind of having to deal with that? And, and what was the conversation that you had with your team? Uh, you know, it's been, you know, I've just kind of been rolling with the punches, you know, I kind of came into this, uh, during this entire thing. So it, it's been a, a, a weird process, I'll say, um, you know, trying to, you know, make connections with the guys. Um, I did have individual meetings with everybody on the team so far. Um, I've had a really great time doing that. So um, just excited to get to know the guys. But, uh, you know, as the news came in and obviously just 
I just gave it to them straight and let them know that, you know, this is what's going on. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty around what's going on, but stay focused on uh, continually improving and uh, just getting better as, as student athletes. So, you know, Josh, you come from uh, App State where you all were very young. Your pro, your team was young, but highly successful. I mean, you know, you look at this roster uh, of Kings wrestlers, it's young, but I think it's full of talent. Um, you know, how do you kind of bring that mentality uh, of maybe some uh, having inexperienced wrestlers have success early on in their uh, in their careers? Uh, you know, I'm you know, just excited to, uh, you know, get to see the guys compete. You know, I, I don't know a whole lot about them um, from a wrestling standpoint. Um, you know, I've really just been uh, getting to know them personally so far. But, um, you know, from what I've been told and, and the kind of the stuff that I have been able to see, you know, there are a lot of guys on the team that, you know, have some tools to be really successful. Um, you know, I think uh, just getting them in a, in a great program that's um, kind of focused on development. You know, a lot of our guys, the, the, the big part of, of what I do is, is develop wrestlers. You know, I'm not too concerned about, um, you know, athletic achievement, um, as far as, you know, what they've done in the past, you know, I know, you know, they're at this point for a reason, they have a lot of skills that, that they have used to get to this point. And then it's now my job to kind of give them the tools to be successful at the next level. And, uh, you know, I think that's something that, um, you know, I learned, um, being at programs like Buffalo and in Appalachian state where, you know, we were underfunded and we didn't have the, the best athletes, but, you know, we were able to take, um, you know, some recruits that maybe weren't um, top level, you know, recruits that a lot of the other division one schools were looking at and, and, you know, rev them up and make them successful. And, and before you knew it, you know, they were, you know, competing on a national level. So, you know, it's something that I've dealt with since I've been a coach and we, we, uh, you know, I've always, I've always been at underfunded programs at, you know, at the division one level. So you know, we were never getting top level talent and top level recruits. So, um, you know, we've had been focused on the development process and I think that's going to be a uh, huge, um, moving forward at Kings. So that's a good, you bring up a really good question or Josh, and the fact that, you know, you're finding, I wouldn't say diamonds in the rough, but moldable student athletes to kind of fit your system. You know, what are some traits and uh, attributes that you look for in high school or prep wrestlers that you think, you know, really translate well to what you want to do? Uh, you know, I, to be honest, I'm just looking for guys that are really excited about the sport, um, that want to be a part of our program and want to be a part of Kings. Um, you know, again, I, I'm not too concerned about, you know, results or, um, you know, how they've done. Um, you know, if I go and watch them and, and they hustle and they work hard um, and they, they wrestle really hard for seven minutes, they're going to be a guy that I want. Um, you know, I know, you know, I'm really good at teaching guys how to wrestle and so as long as they have that X factor of, you know, working extremely hard and wrestling a really hard pace, I think we can make them really successful. Yeah. So, you know, this program, I mean, you've been in the area, you've seen the division three landscape uh, in this area, especially with, you know, Kings and um, the school down the, down the street. I'm not going to mention them, but uh, you know, you, you had said earlier before when we had talked that you had come to Kings meets when you were younger and so you understand the depth of talent, you know, that this league has and, and Kings has had, you know, kind of what's your first step in, in maybe taking this program back to kind of where it was? You know, I, th I think it's uh, about making it a very good option for these guys and then have them understand that, you know, you can come to Kings and be really, really successful. We've done it in the past. 
Um, it's proven, you know, we've had 18 All-Americans, two national champions, all from local products. Um, you know, I really want the, uh, especially the District 2 and uh, the local talent of the local high schools around here to, to, to really understand that, you know, if, if they come to Kings, it's a place where um, they could be highly successful. They could be All-Americans. They could be academic All-Americans and achieve at a high level. Um, so it's just, you know, making our uh, image something that uh, is desired by um, people and other coaches. And I think a lot of that's going to be also developing relationships um, with these high school coaches and, and just letting them know that, you know, we're interested in their guys and, and that you know, we're going to do well by them. And it's uh, it's, it's my hope that, um, you know, by getting those guys, um, those local talents into Kings, not only will they you know elevate our program, but hopefully we'll start elevating the, uh, the level of talent in the area as well at a high school level. Well, certainly one of the best wrestling programs in the country is located right there in the street at, at Wyoming Seminary. But there's certainly a lot of talent, you know, in and around the area as well. So, uh, you know, Josh, when you had talked about when we had, we'd spoken earlier um, when you were just first hired about, you know, the full athlete, the total athlete, the total student athlete, you know, how important that was uh, to have an academic in uh, student athlete, but also to uh, participate in the community, you know, how have you, you know, seen that and how has that been important for your programs? Uh, it's been huge. You know, we've done a lot of different things, um, you know, out, you know, out outreach into the community, um, you know, at Buffalo and at, at app, um, you know, we were really big with, uh, uh, an organization that, 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 um, they kind of locate kids and that have terminal illnesses and, um, you know, bring them a part of the program. We, we, I was fortunate enough to do that at AFT my last couple of years. And, and we had a great, great uh, student by the name of Nate Brown. Um, you know, he was, he was awesome to have around the team last year. So we, we've done a lot of that stuff, um, you know, and then just, you know, just random stuff that's helping throughout the community, um, you know, going reading at, 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 uh, elementary schools and being a part of welcome committees and stuff like that when kids were coming back to school. Um, we've done all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to start not, not, you know, giving back to um, the community that, that has helped me so much. You know, I'm really excited to start doing that. Um, you know, obviously you know, being from the area, I was a you know, product of a lot of great people. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just really excited to be able to give back to that community. Well, Josh, you know, when you're not on the mat and when you're not coaching, um, obviously uh, you have, you know, right now, tons of tons of free time, I guess. But, um, you know, what's something when you're not on the mat or, uh, you know, when you're not coaching, what do you do to, uh, in, you know, enjoy yourself to shut your mind off? Uh, well, a lot of, I mean, right now I've been just spending a lot of time with my family. I've been away from for a long time um, from these people and, um, I'm just really excited to be home and, 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 you know, I've seen my mom probably 10 times since I've been home, which is, I didn't see her 10 times the last seven years. So um, that's been fun just you know, being around my family, but um, you know, I am a big golfer. You know, I play a lot of golf. Um, I think when I left North Carolina, I was about an eight handicap, but I'm sure that's not what I am right now, but so I'm, I'm really excited to, to get back on the golf course. I'm actually supposed to go play golf with uh, an alumni, Mike Riley um, on Saturday. So I'm excited to get out on the course. You know, you bring up a really good point, Josh. Uh, you know, having known some some student athletes, some wrestlers from the past, I mean, have you made it a priority to try to reconnect some of the uh, older alums to, you know, the wrestlers now? Yes, um, th th it's definitely going to be a priority for me. Um, you know, I've had conversations already. Um, you know, I've had a lengthy conversation with Ned Beginley. Um, you know, he's done a 
he's been great to you know be a resource for me to, to to connect me with with guys that not only that I know personally, but guys um, you know that might not be in my area that I might not even have known were alumni. He's he's getting me connected with uh, you know some of the older alumni as well. So. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm super excited to, to bring the guys back. You know, I have personal relationships with, with many of them, you know, the Mike Riley's and the Jason Riley's, um, you know, Dave Morgan, Jim Morgan. I, I've talked to all these people already. Um, you know, Joe Arnone, there's, there's a ton of guys I could name that I've had conversation with already. And, um, you know, they're excited about it. I'm excited about it. And, and I'm hopeful that, um, you know, they could really help me um, get the program going in the right direction fast. Well, Josh, we really appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes to talk to us here on the Leo's House Party podcast. Um, Got to say, your graphics, your your Photoshop work is <laughs> And as someone that does a lot of Photoshopping, I can really uh, respect and appreciate the work you're doing. So, uh, you know, it's nice to have another uh, Adobe guy here in the uh, the office. But, you know, thank you again so much for your time. We hope that you, you know, hit them straight today out, out there on the, on the course. And uh, we'll definitely catch up with you here soon. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you. A very special thank you to Josh Rosa for joining us here on the Leo's House Party podcast. It was great to hear some insight as to the type of athlete that he's going to recruit and the type of program that he's going to run here at Kings. And we think in the athletic department that he's going to do a fantastic job. So special thanks to Josh for joining us. And we're excited to see what his teams can accomplish on the mat, in the classroom, and in the community uh, as we get back to normalcy here in Wilkes-Barre. A few things that I wanted to talk about uh, prior to the start of this podcast and things that came out in the last week or so was the announcements by both Pennsylvania and Connecticut that they will try to go forward with high school sports. And I'd like to start with saying that that's fantastic. You know, we want to see student athletes out there competing. Our coaches want those seniors that are being recruited and all the rest of the uh, classes to be able to get out there and compete. You know, this is a sports that a lot of these student athletes have been playing since they were children. So to see the opportunity to get out there and play is great. And uh, some updates, uh, PIAA, the fall sports update for Pennsylvania. Sports will start uh, September 14th with football starting on September 18th. That's the plan as of right now. Uh, that will be without fans, at least right now. The PIAA said that there will be no fans in the stands, at least to start. Uh, we'll see. There is some petitioning going around uh, to see if there can be some fans or maybe limit fans. But as of now, there are no fans in the stands for fall sports here in Pennsylvania. But hopefully uh, they can get those games in and play safely. And safety, obviously, is the main thing. And, and we really wish the best for our local high schools here in the Wyoming Valley area, in Luzerne County, and uh, all the counties around uh, in District 2 up here. So we really want the best for them, and we really hope that they can continue. And then also over in Connecticut, uh, they're doing the same. Uh, the Connecticut uh, Interscholastic Athletic Conference uh, released their plan for fall sports and that also um, has a delayed start September 24th and so they'll do the same exact thing uh, as they practice acclimate themselves to the heat and then get back out onto the uh, fields on September 11th is when uh, full team practices will start so some exciting news for our you know possibly future monarchs out there or, uh, future student athletes that uh, might be in college, but anyone that's competing in uh, sports out there, please be safe. You know, do 
whatever protocols they say, um, stay safe and uh, do exactly what um, the healthcare professionals say, athletic trainers say to make sure that you're keeping yourself and your teammates safe throughout this process. So still exciting news out there. You know, it's great to see um, them making an effort to try to get uh, the high school seasons in. And um, along with that, you know, what is nice too is that I've seen a lot of teams and sports trying to make an effort to run some summer leagues here late in the summer as is safe. You know, there's some sports that are a little bit more safe to play with less contact and those leagues are trying to run maybe tournaments or um, showcases so that um, high school student athletes can get an opportunity to be recruited, which is is so tough right now. It's tough on high school uh, student athletes. It's tough on college coaches that are still trying to re- recruit right now and just can't because there's no big tournaments. But the tournaments that have been going on are doing film. They're making it affordable for college coaches to watch and they're posting all that film so that both the student-athletes and the coaches uh, can get together. So kudos to those people running the tournaments that are really making an effort to, in the best interests of both the coaches at the college level and the recruitable student-athletes. So good job on them. One thing, parents, as you're out there, if you are at these tournaments, if you're in close proximity to each other, remember to, to wear a mask. Um, it keeps you safe. It keeps us safe. Um, and keeps your student athletes and your your kids and loved ones safe as well. So if you are at those tournaments and uh, make sure to social distance, stay away from each other uh, if you can, and uh, wear a mask to keep everybody safe. So with that being said, we'll go ahead and send it over to our final guest for this week's Leo Leo's House Party podcast, um, a Philly guy who's uh, coming up here to coach our men's ice hockey team, new head coach. Uh, great talking to him. I think he's got an amazing energy. Um, I think he's going to relate really well with our student athletes here at Kings. Um, and uh, despite the fact he's a Flyers fan, he's a really nice guy, um, a Philly guy. So we had a really good time talking to Tom, and we really think you're going to enjoy this this interview. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and send it on, send it over to uh, Tom Saravalli. Well, we are super thrilled to have uh, here on the Leo's House Party podcast, uh, the second head coach in Kings men's ice hockey program, uh, where he comes to Kings after serving as the top assistant at Bryn Athlon College for the last four seasons. Uh, prior to his time with the Lions, Saravalli was a assistant. Oh, I just gave you away, so I just kind of blew the intro, but uh, he was an <laughs> assistant ice hockey coach for the uh, Philadelphia Revolution from uh, September 15th through uh, 2016. Uh, he was a three-year standout at uh, goal- for the Golden Flyers of Nazareth College where he plays, played uh, three seasons, uh, 75 games as a Golden Flyer, scoring 18 goals and assisting on 32 others. Um, it's our pleasure to welcome to the Leo's House Party podcast again, Tom Saravalli. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks, Jamie. I'm excited, excited for the opportunity and, uh, you know, can't wait for the season. I know given all this stuff with COVID, but, um, you know, I'm excited. Our guys are excited um, and, and just Kings Nation's excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you, uh, Tom. And first of all, you, you mentioned a little bit with the COVID, uh, the news last week that came out, the fall semester being postponed. Um, and so obviously you're, you know, you getting out on the ice with the, with the guys, uh, you know, it takes a little bit of a postponement as well. You know, being in your first semester, you know, how was the conversation with, uh, with the guys and um, have you talked to them about how you are going to kind of go forward from here? Yeah, for us, I mean, it, it to start, it's all about taking safety measures and, 
um, you know, we're not looking at it as a, as a, a bad thing. We're looking at it as a, you know, let's not take our foot off the gas here and use it to our advantage. So, um, you know, our guys are excited. They know, you know, what's, what's expected, what's to come and they're keeping their eyes on the prize here. Yeah, that's really all you kind of can do right now. Um, you know, so along with that, you know, you, you get the job here at Kings and you're obviously excited, but then now you're kind of in a, a waiting, uh, a, you know, kind of a waiting period. You know, I guess, first of all, what was it about Kings, you know, that really excited you and, and made you want to kind of take that drive up the turnpike here to Wilkes-Barre? I, I think for us, I mean, one, you know, the education is strong uh, to the community around it. And three, um, you know, even playing against Kings, I, I realized what talent we had, um, you know, coming into it. So, um, you know, working with them and, and getting ready for the season, I, I think the biggest thing for me that, that attracted to me is, is that, you know, this is a place where you can win, you know, and you have some solid players there. So, um, you know, it was, it was a no brainer to take it over. You know, you've been in the division three landscape now for a while. I mean, you were at NAS and as a player and then, uh, you know, coaching at Bernathan for the last four seasons, which is a division three school, um, had a chance to play Kings, as you said, and, and I don't know if you actually played them as a player, probably not since uh, it's in the fourth year, but, you know, having coach against them, you know, how does Kings take the next step? I mean, you've seen the players in the program, like how do they take the next step and, in such a good league that, you know, the UCHC has had ranked teams. Um, so what's that next uh, building block as you go forward? That was a long time ago, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think for us, it's, um, you know, just focusing on the everyday tasks, um, you know, just putting the hard work in, into practice and um, even just mental preparation. I mean, right now we're going through uh, something with uh, Bob Wilkie at I Got Mind and it just, teaches us how to mentally prepare for, for what we want to achieve. So, um, you know, given that I can't work with the guys right now, um, you, you know, we're doing things off the ice, um, you know, you know, to, to get prepared for this upcoming season. So I think, um, just taking it one day at a time, you know, doing the team workouts, um, and then getting familiar with our systems, what systems we're going to run, um, you know, I understand kind of the landscape, like you said, just, you know, starting at NAS and, and then, you know, playing some teams over at Burn Athens. So um, sitting down, really identifying who we are as a team and then taking it one day at a time kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think the good thing is you've seen a lot of your players that you are now coaching play. And, and so that allows you to kind of maybe form your style to fit with the personnel that you have in Kings, but also you know, know what you're looking for when you're recruiting, you know, so what's some things that you look for in incoming freshmen? And as you recruit, which is obviously difficult right now, like, what are some aspects of, of players that you really are looking for? For me, at the end of the day, um, the, the number one thing I look for is, you know, that blue collar, hardworking guy, uh, you know, hard work can outdo talent. So for me, it's, it's someone who's going to be um, presentable off the ice, you know, treated every day as a professional to, um, you know, coming to work, um, and, and kind of bringing that, um, you know, the, the, their, um, just their, their lunch bucket. So for me, it's, it's, um, putting on the work boots, getting after it, um, someone who's going to be responsible off and off, off and on the ice. And, um, you know, that, that's the number one thing I look for, um, 
you know, sure. We, we want some, we have some talent and we want some talent, but, um, coming to work every day. So, you know, you've been around hockey, obviously for a lot of your life, you know, I'd love to ask you about how you got into playing ice hockey when you're younger. And then, you know, what made you want to coach after you finished your playing career? Um, believe it or not, I, I was, you know, growing up, I was a, a soccer player and, one day, uh, you know, my, my cousins were playing ice hockey. So my dad said, Hey, you want to try it? And, um, ever since then I, I fell in love with it and then, um, kind of really took off there. Um, and I just fell in love with, with the game and, um, you know, being around it I, I, and already speaking with my team, I can see that passion. So, um, just taking off with it, I, I instantly fell in love and, it, you know, for me, it's not a job. It's something I love to do every day. Um, you know, so I'm assuming that you're a, a Philadelphia Flyers fan and with the NHL getting back under the way, getting back underway here, I guess, uh, Saturday with the first round, um, you know, give me some teams that you think, uh, are going to make a run deep in the playoffs. Uh, of course, Flyers. Uh, I mean, I, I think they got some young talent. Um, you know, they, they have solid coaching over there uh, with, with great goaltending. So I think Flyers are going to run deep. I was watching Toronto a little bit. Um, they got some, some young talent as well. Uh, you got, you got to always watch out for, uh, Tampa Bay lightning. Um, and, and obviously our rivals Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, if I were to put a team on it, obviously the flyers, but if not, you're looking at Pittsburgh or, or, uh, Tampa Bay. I can't help but notice you didn't say Washington there, which is a, <laughs> as a, as a caps fan, which is right there. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, I think it should be exciting, and it look like looks like the NHL has done a really nice job with those bubble with that bubble in um, Toronto and Edmonton. So, um, you know, when you're not on the ice, you're not watching hockey. You know, what else do you do to to entertain yourself? What is something you do to kind of you know shut your mind off and just relax? Yeah, absolutely. For for me, I, I think you know, kind of the best place for me is getting on the course. Um, you know, playing some golf with some friends and. Um, spending some some time with the family down at, at our shore house in Ocean City. Um, you know, that's my good escape place. But, um, you know, for, for me, we have some rides down there and, you know, you got the beach. So um, just golfing and, and hanging out with family for, for me. Good thing about golf right now is that you can stay pretty socially distance, uh, especially for me when you're hitting it in the woods. You keep yeah. as far away from possible. So, um, so Tom, I'm gonna ask you. Uh, this is the last question I want to get you. It's uh, our new uh, segment called Leo's Hot Seat. Uh, you're the first one to do it. So, um, oh boy, oh boy. Um, so we're gonna give you a funny question, and you're gonna give us your best guess, and we'll, we'll try not to rush you afterwards. So, um, so in your estimate, how many square feet of pizza is eaten in the U.S. every year? Square feet pizza eaten in the U.S. every year. Square feet. Um, it's got to be. It's got to be in the millions, right? Um, I would say. I would say fifty million. <laughs> the answer is uh, two point four billion square feet of pizza every year is eaten in America. So you're not too far away. I mean, the millions, you know, a little bit off, but yeah. <laughs> So pretty, so pretty close. I mean, that's pretty, pretty crazy. But uh, Tom, you know, we're really, we're really, you know, thrilled to have you on board. Thanks so much for taking some time. I know, you know, right now it's tough to, um, you know, you're trying to balance a lot of things, trying to talk to players, trying to get recruiting stuff done. But, you know, we appreciate you taking the time and, uh, you know, joining us here. And we're really excited to see you and your team back uh, on the uh, ice at Revolution Ice Center whenever it becomes safe to do so. 
Absolutely. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Kings community. And uh, I look forward to the, the, the upcoming season here. A big thank you to Tom Saravalli for joining us here on the Leo's House Party podcast. Uh, again, great interview. A uh, ton of fun with him. And I think he's going to be a guy that our Monarch fans are really going to love having around. I think our student athletes are going to really be pushed by him. I think he's got a passion for this program and this sport and to be a head coach at this level. So we're really excited to have Tom here and um, look to see what he can do with this team in the future. So last podcast, I really wanted to get an opportunity to uh, say something to our senior student athletes that um, unfortunately did not have the chance to finish their 2020 season. And that goes for our junior PA majors as well. And uh, I, I was going to mention it, but I, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't overshadowed by anything. And, and you know, I felt like today would be a good uh, time to go back and revisit that. And there was it's, it was really tough, obviously, with these decisions to make. Um, I think looking back, obviously, with how this pandemic has just ratcheted out of control um, is the right decision, but it doesn't take away any of the sting um, that our seniors had when their seasons were cut short and their careers possibly were cut short um, due to uh, coronavirus. And um, a lot of our fall sport, or excuse me, our spring sports, and now our fall sports are dealing with it. Um, Hopefully our fall sports can and can find some sort of avenue to compete in some capacity, maybe in the spring, uh, maybe somehow. Um, but, you know, everyone's careers have been affected by this. But our seniors from the spring of 2020 might not have the opportunity to ever have any sort of finality to their careers. Um, I think there was a lot that was said by our department uh, from the top down uh, about how that is going and obviously with graduation being pushed back a couple times and um, it's been hard and we understand that you know and we still care about you guys just just know that you know f- from the top down um, from Cheryl our athletic director all the way down <clears throat> to all of our coaches you know we're always thinking about you and we're always going to be there for you and you're always going to be monarchs and you can always come back here and feel like you're part of the family, despite the fact that you never had a chance to have a senior day or you never had a chance to walk off that field knowing that it might be your last time. And um, hopefully we look back as in history as this, you know, kind of unfolds and you can look at it as a, I would say, a place that maybe hardened us or or a time that we really could reflect on how important athletics was to us and how important we felt about it and how big of a part of our lives it was. And maybe that as we go forward, we can, you know, really, I would say care and, and show passion in all the things that we love and not take anything for granted. And that goes for our personal lives. Um, you know, maybe the minute details we have in our work lives or things like that. Just appreciate everything that we have in our lives um, so that when things are taking for us, we don't feel like we have to look back and feel like we didn't give everything to it. I think our student athletes here at Kings are some of the hardest workers I've ever been around. That goes for our coaches, our administrators, um, and for our seniors not to have that, you know, that really hurts it hurts us and I'm sure it hurts you guys. So 
as you know, we kind of wind down and finish up this episode, just know that you guys will always be monarchs for life. Um, to our fall athletes that possibly don't come back or, you know, maybe just want to graduate and move on if, if the sports doesn't, you know, doesn't end up happening or does, or we don't know yet. Obviously there's just so much in the air. Um, we're always going to be there for you, you know, and, uh, you know, it hurts right now, but we will get through it. And that's what we do as Monarchs. We're tough and, uh, we'll be stronger on the other side, tougher and ready to go and facing the Mac freedom when we get a chance um, to do so. So appreciate you guys sticking with us this entire episode. Thanks so much to Jordan Ott, Josh Rosa, and uh, Tom Saravalli for being amazing guests. We're excited about some guests we're going to have next week. Really excited. Some, some really good interviews, and we'll post those on social as they come. But again, thank you so much to them for participating, and thanks so much for listening again. Uh, this is Jamie Shagnon, your Director of Sports Information, and thanks so much for tuning in to the Leo's House Party Podcast. Take care, guys. The views and opinions by the host and guests of the Leo House Party Podcast do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions of King's College. The Leo House Party Podcast is produced and presented by the King's College Sports Information Office, and any redistribution or reproduction of content in any form is strictly prohibited without express written consent of King's Athletics. Follow King's Athletics on social media at King's Monarchs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and also visit the online home of Monarch Athletics at kingscollegeathletics.com.